Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Nation of Animation, a cartoon book club podcast for all ages. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan. I'm second of your hosts, Brooke. And never before has the podcast for all ages title been truer or true at all, except for today. Uh, Today's a very special episode. Before we get to the show, we have a very special guest here. Joining us is playwright, screenwriter, and video game writer, Whitney Rowland. Whitney, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. And we are talking about the Australian sensation that's sweeping many nations. The world. Yeah. Yeah. It's Bluey. Bluey. Uh, an important thing today, you mentioned all ages. Uh, I think every episode of the podcast so far has been labeled explicit on Spotify. Weird. Whose fault is that? <laughs> <laughs> Who could do um, this? But today, our big goal of the day is mm-hmm. not to curse. So uh, if at any point any of us do drop an adult word, you're going to hear Bingo, the little sister from Bluey, doing her big girl bark, which sounds like this. So if you hear that happen, that means we said a bad word. (laughs) Oops. That makes me want to do it. Right. It's tempting. And I'm sure a few will slip in just for for fun and games. But that's okay. That's what the power of editing is for. But we're going to do our best. So before we begin and talk about the show, I guess, Whitney, uh, what what's your history with Bluey? How did it come into your life? Oh, man. So uh, I became a parent for the first time uh, three years ago, you know, right around the time of the pandemic, which if you're going to have a kid, let me suggest not at the beginning of a pandemic. Um, but when he started getting a little older and we were starting to look for for entertainment for him, um, everything we were finding on YouTube, there were things like Coco Melon and these other brainless, horrible, musical, just abominations um, that we had to watch with him. And so we asked other parents, like, hey, is there anything that we can find is for him? Is good? For, for the love of God, uh, because we because it's driving us insane, you know, we want to we enjoy something together. And we didn't think it was possible. And everyone said Bluey. Everyone said Bluey. And we were like, man, I don't want to get Disney Plus. We have so many <laughs> subscriptions, you know. But uh, but we did. We we signed up for like a trial, and uh, instantly we fell in love with the show. And not just for how much our our kid was riveted by it, and and how much he loved and learned from it, but like us too. You know, it was truly entertaining to the to the point where. We were most of the way through the first season, and we put our son Felix to bed, and we go downstairs, and we're like, "Yeah, now it's time to watch the show, and we're gonna have a beer." And we sat there, and uh, and he was like, "What do you want to watch?" And I was like, "Um, can we watch some Bluey?" <laughs> <laughs> and, like, 
And so we we literally put Bluey on for just the parents so that we can keep watching it for a bit. So it's yeah, it's it's been a, a that has been our relationship with it. We fell in love pretty fast and it's been a, a great thing to have for for our kiddo. Uh, Brooke, how did we get into Bluey? Well, the thing about Bluey is every Bluey episode is about seven minutes long, which is pretty short. And it's also like the perfect length for people to post full episodes of it on TikTok. So I would just see them. <laughs> so those lazy content scrapers who just post other people's yes. hard work on TikTok and milk well, likes for themselves. For sure. It's free publicity. Well, now I know. Now, yeah. now I should have got a TikTok account. Yeah. So. Disney Plus. You can watch Bluey and watch someone do play around a subway surfers and watch someone make like weird matcha ice cream at the same time because that's how <laughs> content works on that app. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> but I really enjoyed it right when I started watching it. Well, I'm talking about today the first episode I saw, which mm-hmm. was on TikTok. So. so. Which I think is a very fun episode. It's bedroom. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll make it. We'll make it. Whitney, but one other question about children's entertainment for your son. Does he watch the awful propaganda Paw Patrol? No, he Good. doesn't. Raising him right. Yep. Good. <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing the right He's, thing. Felix is so into music that uh, that you can, we can't really do anything if it isn't like centered around okay. music. Nice. You know, and although Bluey's not a musical, the music is such a key the component music is of the great. show. Yeah. yeah, it's phenomenal. And he, so he really latches onto that. And we're like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> There's a Bluey like soundtrack record set that mm-hmm. keeps like Bluey going, hopping in and out of my like uh, at to cart on Amazon <laughs> that I haven't bought yet, <laughs> but one day it's going to, I'm going to someday give in. It hit number one on the charts in Australia. Of course. The week it was released and it was the first like kids media to do that so that's that crazy that's, awesome. that's amazing <laughs> cool. so so if you out there in the listening sphere haven't seen bluey it's about a six-year-old blue healer puppy her name is bluey she has a four-year-old little sister named bingo they play games they go on adventures and they have parents bandit who's their dad and chili who's their mom and they're Good kids and good parents. (laughs) And there's also like a supporting cast of the kids' friends and then their neighbors and then their family. The whole neighborhood, all the little kids. Uh, The dad bandit is also David McCormick, who's the lead singer of the band Custard. And Shelly is played by Melanie Zanetti. Uh, the kids, we don't know who plays them. We know that they are voiced by the children of the animation production staff, but they are not credited so that the kids can still, you know, be kids and not, like, get famous for being voice actors. I've spoken before about how much I hate child, like, paid child actors. So this was <laughs> wonderful for me to read. I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to feel guilty. The, these kids are great actors. I don't know what their so like good. directing mm-hmm. style is. I don't know how they're getting these performances out, but they feel really like genuine and they feel really like sincere. And they also don't mm-hmm. feel like not to disparage kid actors, but I find that sometimes children, when they are told to act, they just like hit the ceiling and just like play every emotion super loud, super broad. And that can be tiring um, if you're not a child yourself uh, and you're near children's media. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think the Bluey kids really walk it well. Well, I was talking to you about it, Ryan, like, because it's not just Bluey and Bingo who are really good. Like, all their friends are really good, too, which makes me think it must be something in the way that they, like, direct them mm-hmm. or, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I read somewhere that sometimes they will just record the kids playing and That's then fun. take that and make that the episode and, like, build on that. 
Because every yeah. kid is so good, like but better I, than any other kid actor I've ever heard. I want to hear from whoever's directing them. Like, who's the Sanford Meisner of children right. who's guiding these kids <laughs> to these incredibly grounded, is realistic he the performances? Himself, Mr. Joe yeah. Rum? Yeah, I don't know. It's very interesting. I also love, you know, we mentioned how most episodes are about like playing games and stuff. This show is just an incredible like refutation of stakes as like a narrative need. <laughs> like every episode Absolutely. is like, we're playing office frogs or whatever and it's like well they're gonna play office frogs for seven minutes and then maybe they get someone gets like a little mad or annoyed but it's truly like don't worry about it kid just it's it's the most like we're just hanging with some cool kids mm-hmm. absolutely and then i saw that david mccormick and melanie zanetti who voiced chili and bandit recently just met each other for the very first time because they were both on the Jimmy Fallon show. Oh, fun. So they had never met each other before they got there. And Jimmy Fallon called Bluey the best show on TV right now. Better than anything he's ever done. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> oh, I love Bluey. The show was co-commissioned by the ABC, which, different than in America, is the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, and BBC, developed by Ludo Studio, which is a Queensland producing company, but Brisbane inspires the Good show's pronunciation. setting and Good. how it looks. Yes, I know how to say Brisbane. <laughs> Don't worry. The Australians won't get me. Um, and I read that Joe Brum, who's the creator, he wanted to create Bluey as a replica of Peppa Pig for an Australian audience. Nice. Well, from an animation standpoint, this show eats Peppa Pig's lunch. It's like, this oh, show yeah. looks so good. Like, mm-hmm. every, all the colors are really bright, but they're not like candy color, like garish. Everybody, every shape looks really good. Pastel. Yeah. Like, all the mm. dogs, like, you can really tell the difference between all the dogs, which I think is really impressive. Like, even like Nana uh, versus like <laughs> Bandit. Like, they are the same, br- a lot of them are healers, mm-hmm. but their colors are often the same, but they still have like subtly different body shapes and like the way they carry themselves. That's really like Absolutely. well done. Uh, you can tell the difference. And I haven't yeah. seen Peppa Pig, I know very little about it. I I hate it. Okay, so <laughs> it's on it's on the list of things I hate, and like it's for a younger crowd for sure, like for a, a bit of a younger audience, and and it's really simple. But the thing that drives me crazy is there's never any consequences for any mistakes that anyone makes. Like people behave like idiots, and then everything mm-hmm. gets resolved, and no one learns anything, and then they all fall on the ground laughing. And I just hate it. <laughs> My I hate it. Issue with Peppa Pig is that it. And listen, if you are an animator who works on Peppa Pig, this is not an indication of your <laughs> talent. I think it <laughs> looks bad. I think it is like a. It looks. It looks like. Crap. Should we bleep? Crap? Is that bad? Yeah. How dare it you? It looks like yeah. not good. Yeah. Sorry, kids. It looks like bad. Um, it looks like I, poo. I, it looks like poo. I think kids deserve better. Like I think kids deserve animation that looks good. That's my issue with Paw Patrol too. Is that that city is empty and like it's just the dogs walking around a ghost town um, that looks yeah. like super stiff and unalive. That's something I love about. Bluey, especially in the backgrounds, they pay a lot of care to the house and the car because, like the every time they're in the car, when they show the kids in the back seat, there's there's almonds on the seat and there's smudges on the and there's like some dried up juice box that's there and you know it's there are stickers that are half peeled off the window. Those details are everywhere and in the house, there's toys scattered on the floor. There's like a pile of toys that's been shoved under a bookshelf. It's just everywhere. It's 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 not overwhelming but it's like real touches of what it is to be a parent of a young kid (laughs) and it feels I feel very seen when I see those things because so many other shows they they just clean all that up everything's like clean and perfect and so this is a really nice window into even if it is beautiful and I wish I could afford a house that looked like their house um it's 
it's cool to see the the detail and the care they put into shaping that environment. And they've got the house off of the salary of Chili works at the airport as a sniffer dog, and Bandit is an archaeologist. <laughs> so so I don't know how much money that's pulling in. I guess archaeologist pays well. I truly don't know, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Uncle Stripe is making bangs. Uncle Stripe's oh making so got much that money. Like, yeah. And yeah, it's like that. See their house, it's so nice. That's how, they have the what pool. else could produce muffin? Like <laughs> muffin true. is definitely child oh my rich God. parents. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk more about the economy of Bluey. <laughs> I don't want to drill down <laughs> what tax bracket all these dogs are in. And I don't know what Stripe does for a job. Maybe I'm just not makes money. Maybe they haven't said yet. Finance. He's in the Australian mob. Look at him. <laughs> so the inspiration for most of the dogs came from Joe Brum's personal life. He had a blue healer named Bluey when he was a kid, and he had a Dalmatian named Chloe, who is one of Bluey's friends in the show. Bandit is based on a blue healer who belonged to his father's friend, and his career as an archaeologist was inspired by Joe Brum's older sibling, Adam. And when he was producing the pilot, his daughters were four and six, like Bingo and Bluey. Man, I kind of feel bad for Adam. Like, imagine you're coming home for the Australian version of Thanksgiving. You're like, I'm going to brag to the family. I'm an archaeologist. That's such a cool career. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Joe? Joe's like, I make the best cartoon in the world. <laughs> I make the coolest cartoon that all the kids love. Don't worry. The rest of his family works on it. His oh, okay. mom, Chris, voices Nana Healer, whose oh, name is Chris. And Whoa. his younger brother, Dan voices Uncle Stripe and works as a sound designer on the show. Chris Brum is this the, what's the opposite of a Nepo baby? Is a Nepo parent. Yeah. She's like profiting off her son's <laughs> hard work. That's amazing. But it's really like a family affair for them. So it seems like, I don't know how many siblings Joe Brum has, but Adam is not involved in Odd the show. Odd one out, so yeah. You're right. When he and they kind of home. make fun of archaeology too. Like yeah. there's jokes about it, you know? So it's like even digging at his brother in that way. Joe Brum described the process of writing each episode as a chance to make a short film. And I felt like I could really see that in a lot of them, especially I'm thinking of like Shadowlands, which is one I really like, Bedtime, which I'm going to talk about later, Rain, which is like a silent episode. Mm -hmm. Well, no dialogue. Right, it was great music, but yeah. Right, and then I don't remember the name of the episode, but when Bluey meets John Luke and they go on like that holiday. Oh, Mm -hmm. camping. Camping, yeah. That one's so you get to see future Bluey in that one. I know. You get, yeah. <laughs> but I see, like, the short film aspect in, in that. And in mm-hmm. all of them, but in those, like, really stood out to me. It makes them really self-contained in such a cool way. Like, you can really jump in. It's cool to watch them in order and experience some of the changes of the characters, but you can really take them in any order because of that. And it really makes each episode, like, stand out. It's like, yeah, Rain is, like, so significantly its own thing. The the camping mm-hmm. is so significantly its own thing. Takeaway, where they're stuck at the Chinese takeout restaurant, is like, <laughs> I, you know that that episode is distinctly its own thing. And that's really, you know, episodic in the best version of what that word could mean. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of notable guest stars, but I don't remember any of these people being in it. But I think that, you know, speaks to like how you it's remember like mundane. When Robert Irwin oh, popped up, you were like, okay. is that Robert Irwin? So it was Robert Lin-Manuel Irwin. Manuel Miranda's been in it. Robert Irwin, who's the son of famed crocodile hunter Steve Irwin. Rose Byrne, who's married to Bobby what, Cannavale. Yeah, and yeah. is an actor in her and own right. Yeah, I yeah. think that's the funniest group of three people to guest star on your show. Is like, <laughs> let me get the let me get the lady from Troy. Let me get Steve Irwin's son, and let me get the Hamilton man. And it's like that's. Well, there's been of a course. lot of like Australian guest stars too that I didn't know that. Sure, I maybe other <laughs> those people are the three know. that we picked up. That's the ones I knew. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's currently streaming on Disney Plus. As we mentioned, several episodes were either originally not there or are still not there. They're trying to censor Bluey. (gasps) What? The one where Bandit Fluffy's in Bluey's face is has faced they, they have significant, put it back since, yeah, but, but significant. It originally was not there. Controversy. Dad <laughs> Which baby. is funny. Yeah, it's like they already tried to like yeah. soften it for you, but they said not enough. Dad baby, which I must like. God, I, it's so funny. I, I, I don't even think I've seen that one. I think it's not on Disney Plus because I think we saw it on TikTok. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's the one where they like force Bandit to pretend he's pregnant. Is that mm-hmm. the bit? With yeah. Bingo, like mm-hmm. he wears like a pouch and Bingo <laughs> just sits mm-hmm. in it. That one I mostly remember. It was one of the first ones I saw, but it remembers with a great Gilligan. It begins with a great Gilligan cut of them being like, "Dad, you know what game we're gonna play?" And he goes, "Don't make me play Dad, baby." C- cut to this episode of Bluey is called Dad, baby, and I was like, "This show's good. <laughs> this show has a sense of humor." I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> and then teasing, which I don't know what that's that where is. they tease each other. Well, sure. <laughs> oh, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, maybe they thought it, it's not mean spirited at all. I don't mm-hmm. know why that one is censored, but. That's the Disney yeah. machine. For well, now it. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dig those up. I feel. Find I feel the illicit Bluey tapes. Yeah. Pick up down by the pier. <laughs> Dad baby's good. I, I can see more of the controversy in controversy in America for like the, I don't know, evangelical times. <laughs> I don't know. The Bible is pretty quiet on impreg, Brooke. It doesn't really say much <laughs> about. So right, you know, you know the types. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I saw it on TikTok, and there it's not just one account posting Bluey. It's like lots of people trying to gain like clout by posting Everybody Bluey trying episodes. Everybody trying to come with the king. And I get it, because <laughs> I sit and watch, and then I like it, and then I share it sometimes. <laughs> oh, Ryan, you pulled a nice quote from Joe Brum, so I'll mm-hmm. let you read it, even though so I have the notes. Joe Brum was talking about the like lack of super pedagogical lessons in Bluey said, there's no counting in Bluey. There's no learning this or that. Just show them playing. It's to show parents that the kids aren't just mucking around. They're learning to play, learning to share. And generally, you can just put your feet up and let them do it, <laughs> which I, he said that in 2019. I think it's a really good quote and a very, like, uh, like sage way to think about kids' media and how we, like, serve things up for kids. You know, you don't need to constantly be like cramming lessons into their little brains. They're they're, they're human mm-hmm. beings. They can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my impression. Not raising a kid. I don't know. But I think that Joe Brum's uh, sentiment here is good to like mm-hmm. just let them be kids every now and then. Yeah. I, interestingly, I, I think there are a lot of really good lessons in mm-hmm. the show, but it's because they don't fly a kite with the you know they don't like hello kids. This mm-hmm. is kindness. You know, like let's spill kindness. It's not like, schoolhouse rock. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so instead, these characters are living those values and, like, living the values of love and forgiveness and, and joy. And, like, they're just living all these great values that you get to see in these little seven-minute, you know, explosions. And, yeah, and so you're, it's totally true that there isn't these lessons, these, these morals to teach. But, man, I just I find it really affirming to watch. Yeah, t- tell us a little bit more about that. Like, what is... What do you think kids do get from Bluey? And, like, how do you think it delivers those messages if it's not just, like... And today's episode is called Sharing, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. Um, so the we this wasn't on our, our list of ones to watch, but I've seen... Well, I thought I'd seen all of them, but I'm <laughs> very upset. Um, but so there there's an episode, a very silly episode, about uh, the, their ice cream is melting. Have you seen mm-hmm. that one? Mm-hmm. Where... Um, and... Yeah, it's just it's a very silly episode about fairness and and learning to share. And my my son shortly after that episode 
uh, before he embraced the sharing part, um, definitely embraced the pretending ice cream was melted part. So he would build build ice cream cones out of magnet tiles, and then he would, like, knock the top off and cry about the ice cream <laughs> melting, you know? Um, or he would, you know, be like, you can lick this much, you know? He would, like, hold his tongue out. So so a lot of the things he's learned from the show start out as just straight-up quoting, like, as if it were Monty Python or something. <laughs> My little three-year-old just, like, quoting Bluey constantly. But, but then as he starts to, like, see it more and internalize it, it becomes sharing. So, like, he was eating ice cream, and he literally held the spoon out for me and said, your turn, mama. Wow. You know, and which is, like, straight out of the show, you know. And so it's oh, – don't worry, that didn't happen again. Um, but <laughs> – <laughs> but but no but yeah it's I feel like there's lots of things like that where it starts out as funny quotes and and then over time as they see the episodes again and again they start to sort of model some of those behaviors and that's excellence. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. One of the things that like really strikes me about the show and also like makes me like jealous of the show or like this world that they've created is the real sense of community that everyone has cuz a lot of the time it seems like every adult is working so hard to make sure that the kids are like progressing and the kids are doing well. Even characters that like it's not their kids. Like Lucky's mm-hmm. dad always goes along. <laughs> Lucky's dad. <laughs> that's what they that's what they games. call him. Lucky's Mr. Yeah. Lucky's dad. Yeah, he's yeah. always doing it. And then like Wendy, Judo's mom, who lives next door, mm-hmm. even though she's a bit more like posh, when the kids are doing something, she like buys into it completely. That's or like the, we'll go against yeah. Bandit to make sure Bluey and Bingo are doing well. Everyone in Bluey, they live in a magic world, not just where dogs talk, but where everyone is down to like yes and immediately. It, yes. it is the most like improv friendly neighborhood. <laughs> you ever did see where like they see a kid with like a feather that makes things heavy and every adult is like yeah I'm, bo- I'm on board yeah uh, okay kid let's go yeah although that's the lesson I think I learned because I this Felix was my first kiddo I'd never really been around kiddos I was the youngest in my family so we had this little thing that was now getting a personality and we were like what do we do with it <laughs> um so so seeing these things just seeing these, even if they're fictional parents who are playing way over the top, seeing the way they go along with it has helped me to play with my kid because now I'm like, okay, I don't care. I'm, I was a theater kid. I don't care about seeming silly. So, you know, yeah, I just, I kind of go along with the the games, you know, like yesterday, Felix and I were in a, uh, a parking lot and suddenly he was like, mama, be a chicken. <laughs> I was like, yes, I will be a chicken. Buck, buck, little kid. Yeah. And so, um, but you know, so we were running around chasing each other like birds in a parking lot. Um, and that is, that's such a joyful thing that I feel is reinforced by watching the parents having so mm-hmm. much fun in the show. Maybe it gives me permission to be silly, to be the silly that I already am. <laughs> yeah. There was some, this was like from a, like a Twitter meme or something, but it was in like a, like from like uh, like punk music, it was like a punk musician picture of someone, and then it was like, no matter how hardcore you are, when a child hands you a plastic phone, you say hello, and like that's the premise <laughs> yeah. of Bluey. It's like, listen, if a kid wants to do something, like it's human nature to indulge them and just like have a little fun with a little uh, innocent mind. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but speaking of the imagination, one thing that I think is really neat is that like. Most of the time, whenever they're, like, imagining a little adventure, a little game, we stay, like, visually grounded in reality. Like, we – it's not like Rugrats or a show where, like, we're in the kid's perspective and, like, we see, like, space or Mm -hmm. dinosaur land or whatever. No, we're – it's still their house. It's still, like, the playground or whatever, and we just get to, like, be in on the joke in a a really interesting way that I think is, like – it's such a curious and, like, kind of subtle decision. But once you notice it, it's, like – 
oh yeah well why is it that like we very rarely like leave reality and i think that that's just like because it's more fun to just play, to like be actively playing pretend i guess that's my yeah i my interpretation of that one is that maybe when i watch the other shows i feel like going into the kids imaginative world actually actively excludes the parents Mm -hmm. like you are in the kids world and like this is how they see it so in bluey when they stay in the present the parents and other people can be invited in and be a part of it and they aren't breaking the reality um so and there's one tiny opposite example of this i guess everything else stays the same but when they do adventure did you see adventure yes Okay, so one of the things they do at the beginning is that the, <laughs> when the show starts, the top and bottom bars come in the mm-hmm. same, the same like uh, what's that word? Like perspective is a movie screen. <laughs> so I kind of love that. So so for that one episode, they they back up the frame just a little bit. It is really neat when they do like depart from that. Like there's an episode called Bingo where like the theme song changes, and normally for those who haven't seen the show, you're missing out. But normally like they do a little song and dance, <laughs> and they count like dad and then mom and then Bingo mom, and then Bluey. Dad. Sorry. See, look at me. Fake fan. Mom, dad, Bingo, and Bluey. But in this one, Bluey goes before Bingo. And when you're watching it, you're like, wait a minute. Something's different. And then it ends on Bingo. And this episode is called Bingo. And it's like, oh, man. All right. Let's go. (laughs) Bingo is my kid's favorite. So that was his favorite episode for a really long time. Bingo is my favorite, too. Yeah, Bingo is also Brooke's favorite. (laughs) It was hard for me not to pick two Bingo-centric episodes. So I just did one. Mm Mm-hmm. We got our fair share of bingo in here. That's I'm not true. worried about it. Great. So, are we ready to talk talk episodes? Yeah. Get into the yeah. nitty gritty of it. All right. So, Whitney, I think we're gonna start with weekend. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to give us just a yeah. short little like synopsis, and then we'll talk about like things we like. Sure. About. Uh, so, weekend is in the first season. Uh, I can't remember which which episode. Uh, but it follows. Uh, yeah, it follows the family over the course of a of the first day of a weekend and it jumps between several different games um and about halfway through bingo has a fun little magical not actually magical but a, a fun little moment with a walking leaf where she makes this sweet little discovery that her father misses um and then the episode is sort of like their their repair of like what does it mean to to miss that but it's a very sweet fun episode that uh that doesn't have like a linear narrative, even less, I think, than some of the, the other mm-hmm. episodes. Um, and yeah, I guess some of the things I really like about it, uh, if I can jump. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the things I really like about it, um, it the, the very first scene shows bandit at the, at the table and bingo is singing this funny little song that she's making. I love up. this song. I love it so much. <laughs> I sing it all the time. <laughs> But yeah, she's just singing this silly song and he's sitting there um, chatting with her excitedly about how many games they're going to play. And then Bluey wanders in with like the grabo stick with a letter (laughs) and she's like, it's a letter. And he's like, what is it? A drumstick. Woo. And then they just start playing the drums and dancing. Like to me, that encapsulates the rest of the episode, the idea that everyone's just rolling with what's what's happening, you know, and it's full of fun. Um, but yeah, and, and then there are key moments where, especially at the end, where uh, Bandit will lay down and he's like, <laughs> like you know? He makes some and, primo dad noises throughout the whole show. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but like, I, it's, 
it's hard to explain it without seeing it. Um, but it's it's interesting to see where the relationships break down between father and daughter, the miscommunication that happens, and like how the parent apologizes without taking blame, truly. Like you can't help it. He's playing with Bluey. He doesn't hear Bingo call out, and Bingo's sad about that. And he apologizes appropriately, but says, you know, I couldn't hear you. And and it seems like a silly exchange to really focus on. But as a parent, that kind of stuff happens all the time. And like, how do you do relationship repair with a little kid who has a different sense of logic? Um, but it's the first time in the season that you hear that weekend theme, mm. that like sort of magical montage music that I will not um, do myself. But <laughs> it comes back later a few times. Um, and th- and this is when I knew the music was really special in the show because my son who loved the weekend episode, that song came back like a season later. And he said, as soon as he heard the song, he said, Walking Leaf. Wow. And he remembered it right away. Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting how like the music and the feeling sort of follows you through the show. But yeah, I just, I, I like the sort of magical way it wanders from one game to the next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the most like, like a vertical slice of Bluey. Like this episode is like, here's yeah. everything about Bluey that you're going to like. There's like lots of little games. The energy is there. The like brief moments of like of like true wonder that happen like very often in the series. And this is the most like, like if they needed investors, they would present them with this episode. Like this is what we're trying to do with the show. Yeah, that's that's well put. Something I really like about this episode is that like the play and all of that is sort of led by Bandit as opposed to Chili. Like, she gets to go on a run and, mm-hmm. like, do yeah. Chili things. And I, I really like when Chili gets, like, and it's not rare, which is special, you know, that she gets those, like, autonomous moments that are all hers. Like, I think a lot of the episode where she tells Bluey that she just needs 20 minutes mm-hmm. just to herself. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I get that, Chili. Even not being a parent, you know, and if, and if you are a parent, I'm sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I really like the, you know, example that Bandit sets of, like, a very involved father. It's a good dad. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, you're seeing a father playing really, playing really well with his daughters. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a mom having an independent life and still being a loving, like, attentive mother. It's it's a really cool reversal of some of those expectations we've been set up, you know, to, to expect. Yeah. And, and presented as just, like, you know, a, a day in the life, like a weekend day in the life. It's not even like, this is the... F- Finally, we finally get a day off. It's like, no, it's the weekend. It's special. It comes once a week, but it's still extremely special. And, like, that is really, really nice. Um, and, like, even, like, the, you know, they play the magic statues bit where, like, Bingo pretends to sell Bandit. <laughs> Bluey, who's pretending to be a statue that can move when no one's looking. And, like, that's not even, like, the that's, like, easy to make a full episode out of that. But they're like, nah, it's just a part of it. Like, we've got so much going <laughs> on in Weekend. Like, this thing is going to be just, like, one gag and a bunch of gags. Yeah, I like totally the true. Magic Statues game, and I like how it sort of comes up again, not in Statues mm-hmm. the same way, but in the Fairies episode where Bingo is frozen, and mm-hmm. she'll move, <laughs> and her facial expressions will change, and, like, the way that their own games evolve mm-hmm. into different games yeah. that we see later. Like, that's cool. Yeah. And I think realistic. Yeah. Even though it's not, like, a continuity-heavy series because it's, you know, for kids, but still, like, you do get to see things, like, grow and change a little bit. Like, we'll talk a little bit more about, like, Socks, who I think is, like, the biggest, like, progression, the biggest, like, change from first appearance to most recent appearance in the show. Um, But, yeah, and I think that, like, when Bingo sees the walking leaf, 
it's it's I mean it's incredible. Like like she's like talking so quietly because she doesn't want to spook the leaf, and that's like a thing that you can just intuit really easily. And they drew the leaf with just the simplest like googly eyes and smile. <laughs> yeah. It's so cute. It's character design one hundred and one. It's like how do you make a thing lovable? And it's like oh like this. Um, this is yeah. a show that is like making like. When when the Mandalorian came out and everyone saw Baby Yoda for the first time, people were like, "Oh my God, it's designed to be cute!" And like Bluey is just throwing Baby Yodas out left, right, and center. Every character <laughs> is designed to be the cutest little darn thing you ever saw. Uh, <laughs> and this walking leaf is up there, but we get that close up on Bingo's nose, and the walking leaf yeah. is like an, it's like in high definition drawing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's yes. so sick. It's just like from a from a craft standpoint, it really stands out. And it makes me think of there's another episode called Born Yesterday where like. Bandit pretends to be like he was born yesterday. And that ends with Bandit, like, looking at leaves and getting an appreciation for the natural world in a way that I think, like, echoes this really well. And, like, every now and then Bluey comes back to this theme of, like, the world is so cool. Like, so you need to, like, look through the, through the eyes of a child. But the world is so cool if you just, like, come at it with, with zero expectations. There's, there's wonder everywhere. And, I like, I really think it's a nicely handled way here, possibly for the first time and certainly not the last in the show's run. They also do an ad for Australia um, at the end of, uh, what is that one called? Is it Journey? I, I can't remember. There's one where it's about Jack. Uh, Jack is playing outside in the boat and his dad gets lost um, trying to get to him. And so his dad has to go on this whole journey. Anyway, it's I won't spoil that episode for you, but it's the first one where they were like, just a reminder, we're in Australia and Australia is awesome. Right. <laughs> There was some episode also that, like, that they didn't, like, bring up Australia, but it was, like, someone mentioned spiders, and they were, like, spiders are so dangerous, you guys. And it's, like, oh, yeah, because you're in Australia, where there's, like, spiders are the size of dinner plates. Yeah, that's a good point. That's also, there was, to go back to Peppa Pig, there was an episode of Peppa Pig that was, like, most spiders aren't dangerous. They're your friends. And that episode got pulled in Australia because they were, like, you can't say that to those kids. You can't say that to Australian kids. The spiders will just pick them up. Amazing. That's amazing. So that's weekend. Yeah, any other weekend thoughts before we uh, move on? Great first pick, Whitney, let me tell you. That's like... I love that one. That's it was really hard. A, like A very yeah. bluey bluey. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a very bluey bluey. Yeah, it's true. So what we got coming up next? Next is Pass the Parcel. Pass the Parcel. An episode that we were both like, I might choose Pass the Parcel. Well, I might choose Pass the Parcel. <laughs> but then Whitney, you, and then you, I was you claimed like, it. No. Yeah. So we said, oh, good. Now we can talk about it. Picked anyway. up the parcel. This episode is is like fascinating for a number of reasons, but we'll 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 get there in due time. Whitney, talk to us about this. What drew you to it? What's what's the score here? So the the short version, it sort of center it centers on Bingo and a lot of the other kids, but it also a little bit centers on uh, Lucky's dad, <laughs> aka Pat, the next door neighbor, um, and it's it's an interesting story about how there's a birthday tradition apparently in Australia. I assume they're not making this up. Called "Pass the Parcel," where it is a it's a present that's wrapped many layers on top of each other. It can sit in a circle, and they pass this present around. And then when the music stops, sort of like musical chairs, um, they rip the top layer off and. Uh, in the modern version of the game, there is a little present in every layer. So, you know, think a lollipop or a bracelet or, a, you know, something like that. Uh, and the this this episode starts and Pat and all the parents are on one side and all the kids are ready to play past the parcel. And and Pat is asked to play the music. And so he turn he closes his eyes to, to just to play the music fairly right to stop at random intervals. And the mom says, uh, no, <laughs> no, Pat. Uh, 
you have to stop on each kid. And so that he ends up being like, this isn't how you play, right? So then it becomes a, a generational war between the kids who have expect who have come to expect this prize in every layer and Pat, who's determined that this is not the proper way. It should be played with one present in the middle and lots of layers. And so um, the interesting thing about this episode to me is that the only it really only stays with the night before the birthday and the birthday of these kids over the course of like a year. So it jumps, you know, you don't get really mm-hmm. any other scenes except for the night before the birthday when they're prepping and then the birthday party itself. And it each time it jumps to a new kid and you see an invitation on the fridge. So, you know, who which kid is up next, you know, and um, something I like about it is that the the excitement of past the parks and the spoilers i it's okay. Sorry. No, we're yeah. Say it all here. We lay it all out every week. <laughs> if it's a seven-minute show, it's hard. It's fine. You know, yeah. It's like a spoiler's fine. But so so what happens is like the initial attempt of Pat playing the correct way of pass the parcel goes horribly, and the kids because the kids have a certain expectation, and um and Bingo in particular is heartbroken, and it's it's terrible for everyone except the kid who wins, who happens to be Jasper, and Jasper's like sweet, you know, he loves it. Um, And then the next birthday party we see is Jasper's birthday. And so he's been so excited by this new Pass the Parcel that he demands that they do it Lucky's dad's way. Um, And so that sort of happens over and over again until kids start to learn the excitement of this other way of playing. Um, And then Bingo, of course, loses, like, loses every time over and over. And she sort of makes peace with it. And so it's very sweet to see her learning to be happy because other people are happy. Um, and the kids are learning to be happy for each other. You know, like they're learning the excitement of this game in a new way. Um, and it's hilarious to watch Pat through this whole sequence because, you know, like at one point they're like, we're doing Lucky's dad's rules. And everyone's like, oh, and he's like, so my rules. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's very funny to see. Yeah, to see everyone grow and change over the course of the episode. That one has like a lovely arc. Like everyone in it changes by the end, has sort of mm-hmm. grown up or changed in some way. Yeah. Yeah, like Lucky's dad begins this episode being like a like a Tim Allen like kids these days are too <laughs> soft. They want participation yeah, yes. trophies. And what is nice is watching him be like more amenable to new ideas. And you know, at the end, he's like, "We'll play it how B- how Bingo wants to play it." Like he he softens enough yeah. to be like, "Let the kids decide." Uh, you know, as luck would have it, she wants to play it his way, and she her her faith is validated at the end of the episode in a, in a lovely moment. But it is funny to see him be like, I forget what term he uses. He says like, oh, "We're raising squibs. a generation of squibs." Yeah, that's the word. <laughs> we're, we're raising a nation of squibs. It was like Jamie Dodgers or something. But yeah, a nation of squibs. And then he's like, "Yeah, they're fine actually. They're cool kids." Um, yeah, I love all the other. Ki- I generally all the other kids are a delight whenever they're hanging out with a friend or something, and they all mm-hmm. like have like really distinct looks for the different breeds of who they are. I think the the designers I really pom 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 pom's great. Pom pom whose body oh is gosh. just a circle, like who's just all a little <laughs> head with arms and legs. She's she's a pomeranian. Um, I like Winton the bulldog just because I think his little like bulldog cheeks are funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, Brooke, who's your? I favorite? also love. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go no, ahead. you go ahead. Brooke needs time to think of her favorite. Yeah, so. I, know. <laughs> I I love when Pom Pom turns to Lucky's dad uh, at, at her first, and she's like, "Do I really not win?" Anything? Right. She's like looking and around, he's... like I'm, I don't see a present. Because that's so the other funny sad. thing yeah. is that like he doesn't tell them the gimmick. He's just like, "Yeah, go ahead and play, you little goobers." <laughs> and then like Pom Pom unwraps it. She's like, "Did I really not win anything?" And he's like, "No, you didn't." Here's the music again. <laughs> yeah, because in real life, right. it's like, "Oh, this is not a time for that model." 
monologue, sir. All, These are all, little children. They're like the, the peanut gallery of the parents being like, boo, why did you upset our kid? <laughs> yeah, they're so mad. And I love Leela. And I the episode oh. where Leela is first introduced and becomes Bingo's friend is so sweet. And then to see them like continue to be friends and Bingo to make friends outside of just Bluey, who mm-hmm. obviously she looks up to and spends the most time with. I, I really like that progression for Bingo. And then she says, if Leela's happy, I'm happy. That's nice. And that was just so mm-hmm. nice. I want to shout out the, Absolutely. the moment and like there's a montage of them playing it and like various people besides Bingo winning. At one point, Muffin wins and she gets a stack of books and she's <laughs> furious about it. We watch her like it's little so face funny. crumple. It's so good. And uh, then she rage throws them. Yeah, over absolutely. Her head. <laughs> M- Muffin is like a strong flavor, but they use her so well, like across the show. No, I love And you know, it's, it's funny. So Muffin is three mm-hmm. um, and my son is three. And uh, it turns out that that is definitely an exaggeration. They've certainly like amped up some aspects of being a three-year-old, but there are some things they didn't really amp up. <laughs> Just like a kid turns three, and and suddenly we were like, we understand muffins so much more now. <laughs> there's some. I mean, I know like I've heard like the terrible twos and all that, but there, there's something. It's very interesting. It's three. Three, it's three. Three is the age where they realize that. Three like, nature. <laughs> yeah. Three is, is where they they're like, it. I want to. I don't think consequences apply to me. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to investigate this thoroughly. And testing boundaries. Yeah. Like, I know we'll talk about Facey Talk later, mm-hmm. but that 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 episode means so much more now that I have my own kid that I'm trying to put in timeout. You know, it's like, oh, yes, got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Muffin has, like, a legion of haters on TikTok. What? But a legion of defenders. Good, yeah. Like, people God's will holy get army. Into some real arguments in the comments <laughs> of, like, hate muffin so much glad i don't have a kid like that and then this is like, like no how dare you this is like Muffin's media literacy speaker. like do you, like the point of her is that she's absurd <laughs> and difficult like that's what she's she's doing her job leave her alone i'm a muffin defender till yeah. i die of course mm-hmm. i also want to shout out the like 80s dad rock song that lucky's dad plays at the yes. end i have a real soft spot for when like shows like lampoon like hair like hair metal specifically and like 80s rock like there's a Boz Burger episode where they like riff of like a fake Rush musical that I think is great and like this song at the end too it's just like the, like the cheesiest hammiest electric guitar solo you ever did here <laughs> yeah. uh, like you know the lead singer had like hair like six feet high and it's just it's so silly uh, and like Lucky's dad is air guitaring to it um, and like of course he's it, rocking out yeah, it, he, like, he's throwing the horns up for sure and like, like it ends with like a fake ending and like so you think that like uh, I think Pom Pom's gonna get the present again, and then Lucky's dad's no, like, "No, Leela's there's a little more. Again. It's Leela again. Yeah, it's Leela." And like, cause there's more because of course there is, and it into like the the like most friggin' like Spielberg like triumph like fist bump <laughs> Top Gun <laughs> last note that it could be when um, Top Gun's appropriate because she gets a birdie plane, That's which is true. like the big reveal of the present. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it flies through the credits. So mm-hmm. there you go. Very sweet too. Great episode. Path of Parcels is like on the Rushmore of Love Bluey it episodes. So much. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Any other parcel passing uh, thoughts? No, but I do love that one. And yeah. I, well, I guess I do have one more. Like, <laughs> I think that there was such, like a real potential for with Lucky's dad's thoughts on it to be like, kids are too soft these right. days, yeah. you know, and like lean into that. 
But then, like, at the end, them just all of them just being like, well, it's what the kids want. Right. And we are going to go with what they like. And That's also, so like, nice. they taught them how to play the game the first way. Like, this is the participation <laughs> trophy thing. Like, like boomer parents wanted that to happen, not the kids. Mm-hmm. Like, kids will do whatever. But you give them expectations. Yeah. Don't get mad at them for following up the expectations you give them. This is my, like, beef with, like, Jeff Foxworthy <laughs> and his ilk, like, leaking out. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's a much, they don't go for the easy joke. And that's mm. good for them. And also, it's it's. I love when he faces the kids and tries to explain it to them. And then when they start to have emotional, reasonable emotional breakdowns because they weren't expecting this, he loses his shit. <laughs> nope, poop. He loses his poop. <laughs> but so then he like starts paying the kids off. With $5. Yes, oh, that's and he's so like, good. No, you win five dollars. You who can break a twenty? <laughs> you know, he starts giving away God, his that's such kids' a good present. Bit. You know, I'm so glad you remembered that. <laughs> <laughs> But it's such a funny moment because in that moment, he's like, ah, no one can take losing. And then he crumbles mm. and starts handing money out of his wallet because he can't take it. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a funny. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. I, I also love that they mostly call him Lucky's dad. I know yeah. his name's Pat. I don't care. He's Lucky's dad to me. Mm-hmm. Lucky's dad, <laughs> he's yeah. Lucky's dad. Mr. Lucky's dad. Yeah. All right, Brooke, what's next? Ah, these are my episodes. Okay, we'll start with... We're starting with my favorite episode, then we're doing... No, okay. we're not. We're starting with the first episode I ever saw. Okay. Bedroom, which is a season three episode. Uh, so after clearing That's out their one. spare room, Bingo and Bluey, who have always roomed together, decide to split up into their separate bedrooms. They divvy up all their things very fairly, and things are going all right until they just realize that they miss it's each other. It's time to go to bed, and they, they just want to keep hanging out. Together. Yeah, it's not about... Having separate rooms, like it's about wanting to be with your sister, mm-hmm. which is very sweet. I really appreciate. There's not like a bit where like Bluey's like breaking down, crying or anything. They just like they will not separate. Like they mm-hmm. the the night just continues. They're like well, we're gonna keep like passing notes. We're gonna keep like playing or like we're gonna keep the connection going. It's very like it, it, it's very like efficient. Like it shows without telling too obviously that why Bluey and Bingo don't want to like say goodnight. Um, and I think it does that really well. I also think that like what they turn Bluey's room into, great looking bedroom, really good decor. <laughs> yeah, like did it so that fast. green. She takes almost everything. Yeah. <laughs> she well, takes that, almost everything out of the room. That's Bluey for you. But yeah, like the tasteful <laughs> green, like the layout of the room. I was like, yeah, these, these folks are good decorators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I also like, like when I think of Full House and the sister relationships there, I don't know why them specifically, but I remember there are mm-hmm. specific episodes in that show about like DJ and Stephanie fighting, so they want different rooms. Right. Or Stephanie and Michelle yeah. fighting. And it's not about a fight, it's just mm-hmm. that they were going to try something different. Have a little more space. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This one felt super like sibling y. And like obviously, like the sisterhood is a big deal for the show. Bluey and Bingo are, are extremely prominent and their like role as sisters with each other is big. But you know, I'm not a sister to anyone, but, like, it really made me think of, like, when I was young and, like, getting along with my – I have a brother and a sister. And, like, we would, like, like pull all our toys into the hall and, like, trade them. Or, like, we would, like, try and, like, (laughs) see if we could, like, build a clubhouse, like, in one person's bedroom or something like that. It's just this, like, this childlike idea of space and this childlike view of, like, how rooms work and how, like, you can make it your own that felt really, like, specific in a way that's, like – like I feel like I like space is not like a specific enough word for it, but it's in that episode. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something else I really like, and this definitely comes from the parent perspective, because eight p.m. to ten p.m. for a parent of a small child is like a 
a sacred time <laughs> um, because that's, you know, and the the two of them, this is actually one of the few episodes where they're not playing with them. They're mm-hmm. specifically trying to do parent things and they're supposed to be in bed. Um, and so something I love is that they're down there. I mean, Van is like lounging on the couch on his phone and she has, I don't know if it's a book or a Kindle or something, but she's, she's reading something. And then when they hear the little footsteps upstairs, they say bags off like as fast right. as they can to see who says it first so that the other person has to go deal with it. And that's so true to the parenting experience. My husband and I do rock, paper, scissors, but so not quite the same. Um, but but it did remind me mm-hmm. of that feeling, you know, and and actually Chili's irritation, like her growing irritation at being like, it's bedtime, we've done this several times, is so realistic. Yeah. And not angry, irritation. Right. You know, like she's, she's never, never angry. She's the villain. In, in many episodes, they need to go to bed and refuse to. But they're like, the parents are never like the bad guys for wanting that. It's like this, like, yeah. we the audience know they need to go to bed. But <laughs> yeah. I do love, I think my favorite moment in the entire episode is where Bingo is in her, in the doorway of her room with her note. And she's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. getting ready to slide it. And she slides it and it hits mom's foot. And then before mom says anything, she, Bingo's just like, ah! like she runs and screams back into the room. Whatever kid plays Bingo is so good at like screaming or like like gasping. Like the, all the like nonverbal sounds that Bingo makes are, are adorable and like communicate so much like personality. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I like this episode a lot because I have a sister. We're twins, not there's no age difference, but so we spent most of our time together, like Bluey and Bingo. And Bluey and Bingo remind me of more of like how we are now as opposed to how we were as kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's just us right now. We would we could share a room now, even though when we were kids, like I would have hated to share mm-hmm. a room. If my parents had told me that, I would have been so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it's a matter of like? When you get that information, if you went from separate rooms to sharing a room, that'd be difficult. But if you had always had same the same room, well, we did share a room for a little while. Okay, and you and said, "Get me out of here." Mm, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I, while we shared a room, I mean, I was obviously very young, like three, four, five. But I Bingo never age. remember thinking, "Oh, I wish I had my own room." Right. So see? actually, maybe yeah. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe <laughs> it, I would think that. But I get having to. You're right. Like go back would be difficult. Room, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Was it frustrating when we had to start sharing a room? Were yeah. you like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Who's Where's this idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Some like little trivia I looked up about this one. This one's like sad trivia. But this episode mentions Grandpa Bob, who is Bandit's dad, who hasn't been seen since his appearance in season one. And Bingo and Bluey mentioned that he only got Bluey a gift because he forgot Bingo was born. Which is played as a joke and is but, funny, but also oof. And then when Bingo oh, yeah. is saying goodnight, she's saying goodnight to her friends. And then she says, goodnight, Grandpa Bob, wherever you are. And apparently a lot of fans like theorize either Grandpa Bob, he's passed away, or he's in like a long-term care facility. Because every time you see Nana Healer now, you know, she's yeah, just alone. Yeah, she's alone. Yeah. Also, sticky gecko is on the wall. Um, there's like a like a yeah. like a like a <laughs> nice gecko yeah. on the wall, and at one point you can see like one of its arms like flop off, and it like <laughs> bar- like like peels off just a little bit. And I don't know, that's fun. That's funny. <laughs> Toys be doing that all the time. So that's bedroom. All right, I have the next one as well. This one, season two, so not chronological. This is this the first episode my, I ever saw. Ah, uh, yes, because mm-hmm. I saw it and I said, "You have to watch this." <laughs> This is my favorite episode of Bluey ever. It's called Sleepy Time from season two. It's just like sort of a regular night in the healer household. Chili's reading Bingo a book 
before bed, and Bingo says she wants to have a big girl sleep and wake up in her own bed. And Chili's like, okay, that, you know, like, you can try to do that, but doesn't say, like, okay, then you better do it, which mm-hmm. is nice. But then Bingo dreams that she goes on an adventure through space, which is a book they were reading about, like outer space. And she, she like, hatches out of the earth. That's how does. the episode starts. And then she has her rabbit floppy and floppy has to leave her to be with the other rabbits. And it's also sweet. And then like, there's the little B plot of Bluey waking up and going to her parents' bed <laughs> and kicking bandit and then Bingo getting involved. And they're mm-hmm. just, they they like Inception Dream Unite at one point. Yeah. <laughs> Bluey falls into Bingo's dream, which is fun. And then they're just like walking on Jupiter, but really they're walking. They're on just kicking Bandit, Bandit in the yeah. <laughs> kicking Bandit in the what? Uh, in the back, and then uh, Bluey does land somewhere else on Bandit, but I don't yes. need to censor that. Uh. <laughs> um, and then like Chili has to go sleep in Bluey's bed. Bluey is in her parents' bed at the end. Bandit's on the floor, but at the it's end, tough night. Bingo's the only one in her own bed. She had it. She got the big girl sleep. <laughs> but she sees mm-hmm. the sun at the end, mm-hmm. which is actually chilly, and then she says yeah. something like, I've got to go. I've got to be a big girl now. That was so, like, moving yeah. and, and affecting. So yeah. this is the rare episode that, like, does, like, dive into their imagination, and it's it's better for it. And that's all I have to say about this episode. Well, <laughs> I don't have much to say we about watched, this one. We rewatched this one yesterday, and Ryan was quite emotional. Shut up. <laughs> on, at this one. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, I, tr- I sobbed the first time. Yeah, I I, first it time really I just like, like a needle in my heart. I really don't know how it got there. Yeah. I really was like, what is happening to me? It's It's two things. It's when she like... It's when Bingo says bye to her rabbit because the rings of Saturn are made of other rabbits and she has to like let her go. And she says like, goodbye, I'll miss you, but it's okay or something to that effect. And then when she sees the sun, that's her mom. I'm just like, yeah, quietly crying as Brooke is like, what's wrong? I was like, I just, I love Bingo so much. Like, I'm so proud of her. I love Bingo too. That is what life is. There's so many good details. The the details in this episode are incredible mm-hmm. as far as like continuity because the the so she's reading they're reading two books at the beginning and the first one is about the you know baby chick hatching out of the egg and the first thing she sees is mummy chick and that it, the dream is emerging of those mm-hmm. books like so she hatches out of the earth and floppy hatches out of the moon so it's cool to see like those things coming together. Um, and another thing that I love is the the music in this one. Oh, it's it's like it reminded me of Fantasia. It's the most like it's, we're it's going host. for it on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's whole yeah. planets. So it's, yeah, yes, it's so it's it's actually Jupiter bringer. Oh, that makes of, sense. It's Jupiter bringer of joy, mm-hmm. jollity. Jol- I don't know what the, <laughs> what the word is, but um, but the, I think something that's so amazing about this is this is another one of those moments where my son really latched on to the song aspect. Mm-hmm. So that song is it. I mean, the whole episode he loves is like, Holst. He's a classical music head yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> He really is. I mean, my my husband, his dad, used to be an opera singer, so we have oh, lots wow. of opera singers around. Nice. So classical music is in his blood somewhere. But he, we we heard, we saw that episode, and we heard the song. And then later, a totally different instrumentation um, was playing somewhere else, and Felix stopped, and he said, "Bingo sleeping." Wow. And it's That's just great. It's like. I love, and I love that, like, the show makes it possible. Like, by using this, like, vibrant, real music, it's really cool for kids to be exposed to that. I think, I mean, I think that is part of, like, why it's such an emotional experience, because it just, like, gets you in this, like, sensory 
extremity that we don't see elsewhere in the show because everything else is so grounded. But it's like it's the the music, it's the si- it's like Bingo is the size of a planet. It's the grandeur of space, and it's like the all of that is as like that's what loving your family is. That's what loving your mom is. It's as powerful as the sun, and it's like uh, who could who could stand uh, up to this? How didn't you cry, Brooke? I cried the first <laughs> you time. You monster. I yeah. That was the second time mm-hmm. I saw it. Mm. Um, you were prepared. I, I just love the notion of like being a big girl slash independence for Bingo, who's the youngest in the family, and then she's the only one who wakes up in her own bed at the end. Good for her. Like, that's so sweet. Interestingly, this episode is 30 seconds longer than almost any other Bluey episode at 7 minutes, 30 seconds, but Pass the Parcel is the longest Bluey episode at 8 minutes. Hey, they both earned it. Those are the two. They, they earned that extra yeah. time. This episode, also until August of 2022, it had a perfect 10 out of 10 on IMDb and was only matched by Breaking Bad's Ozymandias. <laughs> Shut the up! Big two. The big two of TV. It has since dropped to 9.9. Uh, Who who's knows the hater? who did that? How dare they? Going to get those numbers back up. I also read, <laughs> I thought this was interesting, at this point, so this is season two, Bingo is only the second Bluey character to ever cry on screen after Bentley in the episode Bike. Oh, interesting. Oh. Thank you, Gosh, Bingo. I love the episode. Bike is another episode, like, fueled by the music. Mm-hmm. Amazing. God, what a show. Yeah, this one's If we good. haven't convinced you this far, <laughs> Come on, y'all. Listeners. You could have watched all these so episodes good. in the time you've listened to this. <laughs> That's true. When I was picking my episodes, I was going to do, like, because this one's, like, sort of a bingo solo episode. Not really, but kind of. So I was also thinking about doing The Beach, which is, like, a bluey solo mm-hmm. adventure kind of thing. Or even Rain, which I really like. And I was like, no, I'll do the first one I ever saw. I don't regret it. But yeah. The Beach and Rain are also very mm-hmm. good ones. It's. I mean, I don't recall a bad one is the no, thing about true. bluey. It's like they have a, a, mm-hmm. a quality that is it is tough to, to dip down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, good stuff. Yeah, it's fine, I guess. This one's fine. Whatever. Yeah. I definitely didn't sob my eyes out. Yeah, who no. would? Can't imagine. It's a dumb show about babies. Yeah, that's what I thought. Well, speaking of dumb show about babies, your yeah. episodes are next. All right, let's talk about let's talk about some babies. Um so my first episode is called Facey Talk. Uh, and this one, Bluey and Bingo do a facey talk, which is uh, legally distinct FaceTime with um, their cousins <laughs> Muffin and Socks. We've mentioned Muffin. Socks is Muffin's little sister, who at the start of the show is like so young she can't talk, and she still walks around on all fours because um, she's just such a little uh, puppy. Muffin can talk and does, <laughs> like, um, but their face calling them. They're using the like little on-screen filters to like draw like pretty pictures. We're told at the beginning, Chili tells. Bluey and Bingo, though, they can call as long as they don't hog and they, like, trade off and take turns because hogging is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, keep that in mind, dear listener. <laughs> because uh, when Muffin, it's Muffin's time to, like, let Socks have a turn because Socks is patiently and politely waiting to go. Socks is a good girl. Um, Muffin doesn't have it. She's working on a cowboy hat, and she'll be darned if she's, she's going to give finish. up that cowboy hat. She's going to finish that pink cowboy hat. <laughs> I think it looked kind of finished. She was, it looked like she was done coloring it in, but I, I'm not the artist. I don't get the vision that You're Muffin right. had. So <laughs> Interestingly, we also see Bluey start to hog because mm-hmm. Bingo she remembers. is like, can I do this after you do this or whatever? And Bluey's like, well, let me, whatever. <laughs> You know, in a, in a nicer way of hogging mm-hmm. than Muffin was, maybe. But Bluey's doing it, too. Yeah, and then Stripe, Uncle Stripe and Trixie 
who are Muffin and Sox's parents, yes. they try to intervene. They have differing opinions on parenting style for, for Muffin, uh, depending mm-hmm. on like how firm or how soft the parent should be. Trixie is left at the beginning, and yeah. Stripe's just going to handle mm-hmm. it. And it, anyway, it goes wild. He tries to lay down the law, and Muffin like rebels, gets the phone taken from her, and so then Sox is drawing in the corner. Also, this whole thing is like arranged on the screens of the FaceTime call. So we're just like on these static windows. Um, but then Muffin after being booted from the call, calls on Stripe's phone and is a third window. <laughs> and so she's like running around the house with the phone and we're seeing it from like her perspective as Stripe tries to chase her, um, which is really great because it's such a smart like use of, sp- again, space. Like we see that whole house. We really get to understand the layout because we see her running through the whole thing in, a, in like an unbroken shot. Um, and there's like fun, you know, funny phone jokes where like Stripe gets like a gorilla filter put over his face. We see like silly fake <laughs> green screen backgrounds. And it's just like... Like, I picked two, like, experimental uh, structure episodes because I think that when Bluey does, like, do something different with its look, it's really, really cool. And I think that, like, the long takes here are really, like, impressively animated and all that, like, constant motion of Muffin running around the house. And also Socks just quietly drawing the entire, like, back. That's <laughs> yeah. four uninterrupted minutes of Socks quietly doodling. Is, what? And there's moments where you can see Muffin's feed and Socks is in the background of her feet, and you can see Muffin running from her parents in the background behind Socks, and it's really <laughs> smartly done. There's also like a surprisingly like uh, sincere and deep moment where Stripe and Trixie are arguing. Bandit asks Bluey to mute it, so we miss the like marital uh, strife of uh, Trixie and Stripe, but we see them resolve. We see them like, like come hands, together, yeah. and that's nicely done. Yeah. <laughs> Only for Muffin to then drop the phone into the pool they have, <laughs> <laughs> and we watch it tumble. We watch from the phone perspective as it tumbles into the pool which is just delightful it's a it's a caper it's a fun sort of like romp mm-hmm. um we do get to see some fun like kid solidarity because even though bluey and bing were like muffin you're hogging they're still like he's coming up on you muffin you need to move uh kids although i love that bluey is conflicted bluey's yeah. like i don't know if i should be out trouble, you. i don't know but listen kid loyalty kid loyalty can't be stopped <laughs> On the Bluey wiki, it says, this is the first time Muffin is punished on screen, which is a funny thing to be paying attention <laughs> on to. On screen? Yeah. So, this is the first time she is uh, told not to do something. I love to, the, they put such care into how they animate the 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 doodles yes. that the kids are mm-hmm. drawing. Because so you can't see their finger. You can just see the, the images mm-hmm. as they're appearing. And it looks exactly like how it works. I mean, the fact that it sort of affixes to their head and as she's moving, the mm-hmm. little pink cowboy hat you know and when stripe comes on screen and there's that like half a second delay before the before the monkey like face shows up it's it's just so perfect it's yeah it's really smart use of like i like technology as like a episode gimmick in a way that doesn't feel like kids these days and their darn phones (laughs) it's very much like muffin (laughs) and her nature like and her muffinness (laughs) interesting in this episode you know we see socks and we've seen her a little bit before this but start to like talk and actively Mm -hmm. participate and it makes me wonder what they'll do with the rest of the show Mm -hmm. because we're seeing time passing like in a way you don't see like with the simpsons like they never get older Mm -hmm. same with like bob's burgers which are not kids shows but like even like max and ruby you know they're always the age that they are but also since they're voiced by like the kids of the production team they like are they going to replace them when they get older because that's a problem kids shows like have to like. I refuse. There's been so many Arnold's on Hey Arnold. Like, there's been so many kids to voice all these characters. But we also see birthdays. We see a Bingo yeah. birthday. We see a Bluey birthday. Yeah. 
Like Louis turns seven, Bingo mm-hmm. turns five. Like so, who could say they're growing? Yeah, but I think I think they've really set themselves up for an interesting challenge when mm-hmm. like the kid who plays Bluey's voice like changes. Yeah, or like they they don't mm-hmm. sound like a six year old anymore or a seven year old now. But yeah, anyway, that's stay tuned for a Bluey update. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there's a scandal and they recast Bluey, <laughs> maybe we'd never know. Yeah. Any any other thoughts on a uh, facey call? Facey talk, excuse me. <laughs> it's FaceTime. We know what it is. Come on. <laughs> FaceTime. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, again, a little a little note from the parenting side of mm-hmm. things. The the conversation they have in the background is kind of nice because Trixie has not Trixie, yeah, Trixie has not seemed like a great parent. And there are other episodes where she's like maybe making choices that don't seem ideal. Um, and then seeing her in her own home sphere, kind of taking control of everything, like, no, 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 I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll do it. But that is so common for moms to feel like they have mm. to do. And so for Stripe to actually stand up and be like, you're hogging the parenting, you know, which he, before it gets, before it gets muted, he says like, you're hogging the parenting. Like I'm, I'm a part of this too, um, is kind of deep, you know, mm-hmm. which is why I love it so much when, bandits like we're gonna mute this <laughs> you know um and then in the end they emerge as as like united team and they together they put they put muffin in timeout who goes is willingly end, she doesn't True. Fight. it's very important yeah. that she's she like okay she's yeah yeah which i think is kind of remarkable yeah great it's, it's a very good point yeah they, they learn to share parenting which mm-hmm. i imagine is important <laughs> I, I i would <laughs> i would guess that that is a big part of it yeah all right, next to my, my last episode is called Handstand. So we're at a, speaking of birthdays, we're at a birthday party. Uh, lots of people are like running about in and out. Talk about active background. Talk about feeling lived in. Mm-hmm. The the healer household is a bustling in this episode. There's people all over the darn <laughs> place. Um, Bingo's doing a handstand. She's trying to show someone that she can do a handstand. She's not perfect at it yet. She can't do it every single time, but she's trying to show someone her handstand. But people are just too busy. The kids are playing with other kids. The adults are doing things for the party, and no one will watch her do her handstand. Meanwhile, Nana, on the back porch, is trying to help, but no one wants her to help. They're telling her to just, like, sit and take it easy, but she doesn't want to take it easy. She wants to be useful for the people that she loves. Not Nana Healer. Not Nana Healer. Nana Healer is a doer. She's a go-getter. But they won't let her. Uh, finally, the end of the episode, uh, Nana sees Bingo do her handstand, and it's beautiful and it's glorious. And it turns out it was Bingo's birthday the whole time. When it was revealed <laughs> that it was Bingo's birthday and no one was paying attention to Bingo. Tragic. This episode is so sad to me. Even though it ends, like, happy, like, this is my sobbing <laughs> This is your uh, sleepy time? <laughs> yes. What I, what, the reason I chose it is, one, I think, like, the amount of stuff happening on screen at any moment is like fascinating it's like like the storyboards for this must have been so intricate and detailed like this person goes here this person goes there but also for the most part it's too long it's like two static shots it's just like a wide shot of the living room where everyone's playing and it's another wide shot of the back porch as everyone's like weaving around nana healer i wish it had like i wish it had stayed that way for like the whole time or if even it had just been like a third one but it's such a cool moment to be like they haven't cut like they still haven't cut like it's been like three minutes of the same setup and we're still just seeing stuff like chaos spilling all over the place Mm -hmm. it's such a it's it's you know it is very like you know uh 
theatrical, uh, Whitney, I know like you also come from like a theater background, is this like this yeah. like farce of like so many people just moving, things constantly happening on stage. And, like the static perspective can't change, except when it does. But for like when it can't, it's just about the the like way that your eye is drawn from like these kids running over here to this like race car over here to this like person fiddling with the microwave up there and like it, it, and it's, it's looping dizzying. too. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. it's this loop. So the the cycle just keeps repeating yeah. slightly differently. They add slightly more. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's it's such a, like a cool visual thing to do. Like I feel like a lot of it's very rare to see someone just like park the camera, so to speak, especially mm-hmm. in animation, and just like let things happen in front of you. And this episode is a direct sequel to the one before it, which is called Duck Cake where Bandit struggles to make Bingo's birthday cake. That's a good Bluey solo episode. Bluey does some growing Mm -hmm. up in that one. That's a good one, too. And, man, that cake is so ugly. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. But I bet Bingo Bingo would have loved it. Yeah. If she had seen the cake. But, yeah. It's funny. I watched those I watched those in order. And so it didn't occur to me until you said that, that some people might see it as a surprise. So, like, I knew it was Bingo's Mm -hmm. birthday the whole time because I'm like, well, he just made a cake. Like, you know. And then, and so maybe that was meant to be a reveal because the cake comes out of the fridge towards the end of the episode. Right. You see that ugly day, duck cake going out. So, so maybe I, yeah. But that's that's a very interesting way to think of it. That would be really sad. <laughs> I mean, it's still sad, right. but it's also kind of like you know, kids. I th- I choose to view it less as like tragic and more as like. You know, bingo, we're sorry we didn't see you do your handstands. But look, all these people are still here for you. And, like, you know, it it stinks that they didn't look at you. Um, as someone who, like, I distinctly remember, like, a birthday, I don't remember how old I was, but, like, I had the Nintendo GameCube. And all the kids, like, all my friends that came over were just, like, wanting to play it. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, do like, can I play at my birthday party? And they're like, no, dummy. <laughs> we're playing Mario Kart, <laughs> not you. And I was like... Okay, um, but like feeling forgotten at your own birthday party is rough. No, it's devastating yeah. <laughs> to me just because you know, like birthdays are a big deal for Brooke. The audience, well, I do love birthdays so much, but <laughs> we know, we know that like all Bingo wants, she doesn't really care about the cake and the food and all these mm-hmm. other things. That everyone else is so focused on to make a good birthday for her. What would make a good birthday for her is someone watching her handstand. Yeah, and then but it's okay though because her Nana's there. Yeah, Nana's there. Nana just wants and to help. I, and when Nana pulls that chair out, when mm. she's like, can you watch me do it again? And Nana's like, you bet Absolutely. I can. I love that so much. <laughs> it's it's so wonderful. They both just needed each other mm-hmm. in that moment. And, like, also, like, the, you know, little commentary there of, like, how society, like, treats our elders as children sometimes and all all that jazz that you probably don't get necessarily if you're a kid watching it but that we know as adult audience members like oh yes when I think of my grandparents how do I think of them and, yeah and their quote-unquote yeah. usefulness like Nana's still got it like Nana's still present she wants to be helpful she wants mm-hmm. to be a part of your life don't tell her to just like sit down <laughs> embrace and they Nana. do it out of kindness too. that's the thing is, is yeah yeah but but the funny thing is they don't the show doesn't forgive them for for doing that out of kindness, like or it doesn't excuse them for for doing that out of kindness. They say like, "Oh, Nana, relax, take a load off," but it's clear that's not what she wants, you know. So like, we can see that in her that it's not what she wants. The same way we see in in Bingo, like she just wants she just wants someone to watch her for, for yeah. two seconds. She doesn't want all this hullabaloo. But 
Yeah. It, like, no one's ever, like, evil in Bluey except for in, like, I think the main exception is in uh, Butterflies where what's-her-name, like, wants Bluey Judo to... Judo is like, not evil. Judo's like, Bluey, evil. let's leave bingo. And I'm like, Judo, <laughs> I swear oh, to God, yeah. it's on site. Judo is child. Sure. She doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. But that, even that, I think, is, like, the most, like, overtly malicious thing anyone ever does in Bluey. Sure. It's just, like, misunderstanding or mis, like, misguided... Uh, kindness, but still, like you're saying, Whitney, it's still like, hey, this is wrong. Like they're wrong for doing this to Nana. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Great episode. It was a great. I'm a fan. They're all well, great episodes. More shows they're should do like great. cool long takes. Yeah. Uh, you know, we mentioned Rain. That's another great experimental episode where there's no dialogue whatsoever. Really like that one. Um, trying to think what are some other good like breaking format ones. Take away all baby race. Baby race is fun because this is fun like flashback. Take away all. It's all yeah. Take away also begins with like a long, long take of them in front of the restaurant without them cutting. And the first, the first like like change of perspective in that episode, I was like, ah man, come on, (laughs) put it back, put it back. Yeah, baby race is great. Um, The fairy tale one where Bingo, bully, where Bandit is telling the story of like when he got jinxed and couldn't speak. Oh yeah, great one, great episode. Love that one. Unicorse is. I think it's so funny (laughs) that they brought Unicorse back. Also, sorry, side note: Unicorse is an episode where Bandit's. where Bluey doesn't want to go to bed, and Bandit's solution for this is to be an annoying puppet. And it's to this day, I'm like, what was his plan? Like, what did he think was going to happen there? That's just Bandit. Yeah, Bandit's a wild card. That's I respect okay. him for it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that's Bluey. Those are our episodes. But we have Whitney here, and yeah. we would be remiss if we did not mm-hmm. ask all of our burning questions, which we've written down and may add more to as yeah, we go. As we go. <laughs> so my big question. This is. Some of these are like career questions, and some of these are like parent Ooh. questions. This one's a parent one. Um, do your favorite episodes of Bluey differ from Felix's favorite? That's a episodes? good question. Is there a schism in the Ooh. Roland household? Yes, yes. Although it's funny because the episodes that he likes end up being episodes that I come to like because I have to watch them. Um, I don't know if you know this. If you're three, you get to control what's on the oh, television. <laughs> That's just, it's like standard rule. Um, so, for example, the episode um, Typewriter. Mm-hmm. I, I, there are no episodes of Bluey that I dislike, but there are some that I'm like, meh, okay, yeah, it was good. <laughs> um, and Typewriter was one of those for me, and Felix was obsessed with it, obsessed with it. Um, and he would watch it over and over and over again. And so in my watching it over and over and over again, I, I came to fall in love with it through watching his excitement and the moments that would you know, get him excited. Um, he's really into pretend right now. Like my son is really into playing pretend. Um, and I think Bluey has helped him with that because he's seen like actual models of kids playing pretend. Remember we were talking about how like when they imagine themselves as princes and kings and queens and other shows, they'll have the sword, they'll have the shield, they'll have the thing. And in this show, they don't. They just hold up empty air and go ting, ting. And so now Felix has that context. So he does the same thing. He'll pretend you know, with nothing in his hands. And I think in part because the show has showed him how to do that. Um, but yeah, the the episodes for me, I'm such a chilly stand because the, yeah, she's just such a cool mom and she's very realistic. And my favorite episode uh, is Baby Race because it destroyed me. I think I sobbed for like 30 minutes after that episode because um, it's just a perfect, um, it's just a perfect encapsulation of all the pressures that that new moms put on themselves, even when they don't, intend to even moms that are trying to be forward thinking that are in the mom groups that you know this 
the pressures are so strong that it, you just take them on anyway. And so seeing Chili succumb to that and then get over that was just very cathartic for me. And I sobbed and sobbed. And then and then Dan was like, are you OK, <laughs> my husband? And I was like, no, you're going to watch this one now. Well, you'll get you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, Felix, Felix has different, he tends to like gravitate towards certain ones. And for a while he was learning French. And so he really liked camping because, oh, nice. the, because of French. And yeah, so it's interesting to see what he gravitates toward. For a while, adventure was his favorite thing. Uh, even now, he will, when he goes out on an adventure, he'll say, I'm a princess. Aww. And I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so like when he goes out to do heroic things, he declares himself a princess. Nice. And it brings me great joy. <laughs> Right, would you like to have the next question? Sure. I'm more prepared. Yeah, you've mentioned it. how like gratifying and how like helpful Bluey's been for you as a parent. Do you feel like there's anything that Bluey is unrealistic about in regards to parenting? Ooh, yes. I think that there are sometimes when the parents play, like the the play is very helpful as a model and as a as a fun guide to life. But sometimes the play is so extreme, and they commit to it so much that it's not. It's just not realistic. And so, you know, there are times when, um, you know, like uh, there, I love dance mode. I'm not going to be able to do that while I'm trying to go grocery shopping. You know, no matter how many times my son tries to smack my tail, um, it's not it's not going to happen, you know. And I don't mind making a fool out of myself in a lot of venues. But <laughs> but yeah, there's just there are times when they commit to it so much and the games are so extensive that I worry, uh, you know, that my son will be sad that I'm not as cool as Bandit. <laughs> We talked about, I think it was you, Ryan, who said that, like, sometimes it feels like Bluey is Australian propaganda. Right. It feels like it's a psyop to get. Populating the earth. Yeah. It feels like it's like a government conspiracy to make more people parents. Because when we watch it as people without kids, (laughs) it feels very like, oh my gosh, this looks so fun. Yeah. Nonstop partying. Oh my God. You're going to play just like this all the time. (laughs) Just imagine a lot more muffins. Like, and this is not muffin hate, okay? This is like I am not a muffin. We each were a muffin. We each have muffin within us. Like, <laughs> yes, yeah. they there is. They all went through a muffin phase. Okay, there was a bluey that was a muffin <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, they. It's such a phase, <laughs> and right now we're in it. So suddenly I have a new uh, appreciation for, for for poor muffin. <laughs> she has such big feelings. It's okay. Big feelings. Okay, this one's this one's career, not parenting. So you're a playwright. You're also now a video game writer. And screenwriter. And a screenwriter. Did working, did, hmm, how do I want to phrase this? Ah, what, what's the change like to, from playwriting to screenwriting even to video game writing? Because there's this extra element of like animation that you're maybe not necessarily involved in creating all that, but then you're doing all the dialogue and all that jazz. Sure. Um, for uh, screenwriting, most of the screenwriting I did was not produced, but was like just submitted places and used as, um, you know, like one grants and stuff, but never went on to be a film. So I'll, I will skip over that and go from playwriting to, to game writing just because I don't know what the next steps uh, would be for screenwriting. But from playwriting uh, to game writing, yeah, writing wise, when you're writing a play, um, the there's this durational element, this sort of live element. Uh, obviously, the actors are interpreting it, the director is directing it, uh, and there's a lot of creativity that happens in that room. Um, also, the playwright tends to have a lot of power. Uh, we don't think we do, probably, <laughs> compared to other people, but but we do. You know, when we say something goes, something goes, something stays, something stays. You know, we we often have 
the we are like the final defenders of the narrative in that situation. And in video game writing, it is very rarely that way. Um, oftentimes, uh, narrative can be very important and can be a big part of the planning process, but you can't squeeze. Um, if you can't squeeze certain things out of the game engine of like how the game's actually functioning, how the gameplay works, then like the narrative slapped on top of it, it's not going to work. In that in that math, the narrative is the most flexible part. And so it means as a game writer, you have to be so flexible. So you might be working on a quest one day and let's say it features a, um, uh, a paperclip. There's a paperclip item and this is a, a quest to teach you how to use that paperclip. And so you write it, you've got it all down, you've got it in, like everything's functioning. And then you get an email that's like, hey, we've cut the paperclip, it's scissors now. You need to rewrite it for scissors. And so, so it's like those things happen frequently, you know, not in that way. Like I can't go into details, but there's, there's lots of changes constantly to make things work. And so I think the most important thing um, for game writing is that your, your vision is focused on the final product and that you just like everyone else are serving that final product. Like how can I make this scene the most compelling and exciting and, and sparkling dialogue that I can make while also serving the gameplay, while also being natural in this world. You know what I mean? There's just, there's a lot more layers to consider. The collaboration is is really intense. It's kind of like if you were doing a play and the set was being built on the stage at the same time and the costumes were being sewn on the front row and fit onto people at the same time and the and the lights were being hung, like all of it's happening simultaneously and you have to make changes to fit with that chaos. That's what it feels like. It's awesome. <laughs> it's not for the faint of heart. It's not. It's really not. I, I think I hear no more times in game writing than I've ever heard in playwriting. And uh, you hear a lot of no's <laughs> as a playwright. Um, but, but, but I love it. Like, you know, you're constantly pitching ideas and, and being creative and flexible. It's, it's really exciting. Awesome. Yeah, and we talked about, you know, like the yes andness of Bluey. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like video game writing yeah. sounds like a lot of no but. It's like, not that, but maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even So it's staying positive yeah. in that, in the face of that. Yeah. On your website, you have, like, uh, a sample of, like, a video game script that you've, uh, like, written. It's out there, like, to, as a proof of chops. Just, like, the material difference between, like, what a play script looks like and what a video game script looks like, even, like a single page is, like, fascinating to me. Saying, like, it's, like, mm-hmm. you write plays in usually, like, you know, uh, like, final draft or whatever, or even Microsoft Word. You like video games. You write video games in Excel. It's, like, you have to, like, they're, yeah. they're table-based. It's fascinating. It's funny. It's different parts or different things. So I would say if you're, you know, to listeners out there, if you ever want to get into video game writing, get good at final draft because things like scenes, um, like, you know, cutscenes or cinematics are going to be in sort of screenplay format. But then other things like barks, which is the word for dialogue that's sort of happening around you. Like, let's say you run through a city and there's all the people who are like, fish for sale or like whatever. They say, I I'm saw a dragon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So those those things that happen, like those are barks. And the reason they're in a table in part is so that when they're being recorded, the audio file is there, the description is there. Because there's going to be an actor in a room for like three hours recording all of those down a down a chart, you know. So it's it's interesting how the format of the writing will change based on who it's going to. And again, the writers are the most flexible. The actors in that room are not the most flexible. It's it's not a good use of their <laughs> paid time for them to like flip through a script, right? So it's again one of those moments where the writers are going to write in Excel because that's 
that's the easiest yeah. tool for everybody to use. It's it's just like a fascinating like tangible like difference of like how you think about story. That's really really fascinating yeah. and cool. It helps break it up too for nonlinear yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Like when it's in an Excel spreadsheet, it's clear that it's not like one after the mm-hmm. other, and, and you can't let yourself get into a flow as if they run in order. You just can't. There's also no spell check, children. So, oh. um, Tread lightly. You... Be careful out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would a video game of Bluey look like? Oh, oh my God. I don't know, Infinite but budget I would play the absolute... game. Yeah. I would play the shit out of it. Wait, I would play the poo out of it. Um, Muffin's Quest. Uh, man, if you made a Bluey that was in the style of anime, like a Bluey video game that looked the way the South Park video game mm. looked... You could just take my money right now. You could just take all my money. I would do it. Is it like a bully um, RPG of them just like like fantasy playing? Like you pick up the other kids as party members, and it's like pom poms here. She's a cleric. She can heal you. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> like absolutely. Those backyard sports games. Those games were so cool. They oh, were yeah. like where it's almost like different stations of like in this section you'll mm-hmm. do this, and then you know whatever. Yeah. whatever. Yeah, I, I could see like a dungeon crawler in the in the style of of adventure, you know, mm-hmm. where they're all, where you have the party members, you know, going about their adventure. But I I like yours, sort of like the '80s Olympics games, mm-hmm. but you know, <laughs> but that for Bluey, I'd be all about it. Who's the Who's like the merchant uh, of the Bluey verse? Like who Who runs the little shop? Is the question? Oh, man, who does? Who would run that? I'm thinking. Suddenly, my brain went to Peppa Pig because the the. Mrs. Rabbit runs every yeah. single, like, every shop that there is. Who would that be? Maybe Trixie. Trixie's there. Trixie yeah. seems like she'd be savvy. Well, it makes sense for it to be an adult, because, like, the kids are on the adventure, but the adults are like, all right, yeah, pick up your potions yeah. or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. As a games writer, I assume you also, like, play your fair share of video games, and also you, like, play these imaginary games with your with your child. Like, what do you think is the importance yeah. of, like, play or just, like, games as, like, a thing you do with your time? Like, as a child or, like, as an adult, like, what do we gain by playing? This is a deep, this yeah. is a deep Right, question. we could be here for forever, so, you know, just, yeah, you know, off the dome, what's the value of play? Yeah, I think it is a way of practicing empathy. Mm. Um, I, to me, uh, we talk about theater as being this sort of like practice ground for empathy and for being in other people's shoes. I think games, especially modern video games, go so much further because you are literally inhabiting the avatar. Sometimes the eyes, you know, sometimes it's first person and you're looking out through their eyes to experience this. Um, and so you get to experience a whole new world. You get to work out your own feelings and fears and things in this like safe, curated space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it's the same way with kids. I think kids can use pretend play and play of all types to figure out who they are. Like, what is, what does Felix think is funny? What is humor to him? And what is, what brings him joy and what scares him? And these are all things that he finds out, I think. Like, I think he tests his limits Mm. through play and, and adventure. And, um, and he's a, he's a boy, so he tends to be a little rough and tumble and run around a little more, but, but. His, uh, yeah, his pretend play is really, really interesting. He's obsessed with um, cooking and kitchens. He pretends to have a restaurant. If you walk up to any sort of table surface, he'll walk on the other side and say, welcome to my restaurant. And he'll hand you like a piece of paper to be the menu. Um, but it's but it's almost like this play is his way of understanding all of the interactions in the world. Like mm. he's just starting to understand what happens at a restaurant. And he internalizes that by playing it out. And there's actually a Bluey episode. Look at this segue. Um, what's the one called? Uh, 
It's the one where Bluey's copying everything that Bandit's doing, and then they find the budgie. Copycat. You know? mm. Copycat. And to me, that, first off, that episode destroyed me. Destroyed me. Um, but the, but yeah, I remember thinking about that for a long time afterwards because I didn't understand it right away. And then I saw my own kid sort of playing his way through, through understanding things. And I was like, oh, man. And I think that's why video games, I think that's why adults can stick with video games so much longer. That I think it actually makes you, it can't, I mean, there are some terrible gamers sure. in the world, but <laughs> yeah, there are some toxic people just period. But I don't know, games are just a really interesting avenue for storytelling, for really opening yourself up to those epiphanies because you are making choices and, you know, you are experiencing this, mm-hmm. this other enclosed world. Um, yeah. yeah, awesome. That's what I think. Thank you. Did that answer your question? Absolutely. I think so, yeah. But yeah, so I think that reaches the end of our questions. Wow. Um, so now is the time for real-world recommendations. Whitney, outside of the world of Bluey and uh, children's animation writ large, what else are you enjoying in the world these days? Gosh. Um, what am I enjoying? Right now, my husband and I are playing Persona 5 Royal, nice. which is a lot of nice. fun. Um, I've been doing lots of open-world games. Uh, I've been doing, yeah, playing lots of those. And so something that's... Um, a little more contained, but also crazy depth. We sort of trade off. I like the, I like running around the Japan side because we used to live in Japan. We lived there oh, for a nice. couple years, and so see, seeing the the perfectly rendered, you know, school building and like streets and stuff is just so much fun for me. Um, and then when it gets to the really elaborate game systems that I do not have the brain for, uh, I just hand it to my husband and he has a, <laughs> has fun. Go for it. So I'm enjoying that. Um, I'm enjoying putting miso in just about everything. Nice. Uh, that's it's a food one. Um, yeah, we had a. It, it's on New York Times cooking, but it's a five ingredient miso pasta. It's like miso and parmesan. It's super easy, and it's like the tastiest thing. Nice. I I had leftovers for lunch today. I can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Awesome. That's that, those are bringing me joy. Those are good. Those are good ones. Brooke, how about you? I can go you know next what if you I've need. Been, no, you know okay. what I've been doing this week. It's and not child friendly. <laughs> it's all right. I'll keep it child friendly. Okay. Whoa! It's, she's been reading. She's been friendly. reading some books. Uh, this okay. is not a recommendation though, because <laughs> okay. the whole world knows about these, and okay. I've been late on the train. These are the like a court of thorns and roses books by um, Sarah J. Moss, and are they good? Not always, Debatable. but they've really got me, and I bought all of them, and now I'm just stuck. So. A recommendation to I don't it. Know. It's like a reluctant recommendation. Yeah, like, well, I can't one. get them out of my head. I don't know what to tell you. I just have to keep reading. <laughs> and I'm stuck with them. So that's my there real world. Uh, I don't know if it's a wreck. Real world, what I'm doing. Thing going on. <laughs> <laughs> what is your real world wreck? I want to recommend a documentary that's on YouTube. There's a channel called Defunct Land that does like deep dives and like defunct like roller coasters and amusement parks and stuff. <sighs> they just did, uh, that's one guy and like a team behind it, but like the channel just uploaded two months ago, uh, like a feature length documentary uh, called Disney Channel's Theme, A History Mystery about the like audio sting for Disney Channel, like little ads, you know, where the people would draw the mouse ears and it would go like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um, and like, Fred would be like, who wrote that? Who wrote that? And it is like not an easy thing to track down who wrote that, that like those like four notes. Um, it's like a really fascinating Crazy. documentary about like TV history and like personal like artistic license and like 
like credit in like an internet age. It's like really fascinating. It's like, it's ninety minutes long. It's on YouTube, but it's called again Disney's Channel Disney Channel's theme: A History Mystery on Defunct Land. Uh, best Ooh. film of twenty twenty three so far. Nice, amazing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Whitney, where can people find you online? Talk about what you've got coming up in the world. Sure. Oh gosh, uh, I I don't have much coming up in the world. I'm I'm super busy with with work right now, of which I can speak very little, <laughs> except to say that, you know, games are fun and making games is fun. Um, Wh- but Whitney's you can, upcoming pro- products, video games. <laughs> <laughs> End of yeah. sentence. NDA, yeah. NDA, NDA, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, but you can find me if you're interested in seeing tweets that are mostly about um, complaining about Chipotle or uh, my child's um, or pictures of my child's. Not complaining always. Uh, I am on Twitter at at Roland Writer. Uh, that's at R-O-W-L-A-N-D Writer. Um, and you can find me on Mastodon as well under Whitrow um, at W-H-I-T-R-O-W. And, uh, you know, I'm around the planet. You might see me wandering. <laughs> awesome. Brooke, where can people find you on the online? I'm always on Twitter at Brooke Smith on Instagram at who is Brooke Smith and on my website, BrookeAaronSmith.com. Cool. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan LaCheese. Find me on Instagram at RyRyBooGuy. You can find the show on Twitter and Instagram at Cartoon Book Club. You can send us an email at CartoonBookClubPod at gmail.com. Give us a rating and review. We'd appreciate it. Uh, Bluey would, if she could, uh, <laughs> use a phone um, to, <laughs> to type and review podcasts. Uh, And uh, thank you for listening. And until next time, the state of animation is strong. And bluey. And bluey. It's bluey. (laughs) (laughs) Nation of Animation is hosted by Ryan Stevens and Brooke Aaron Smith and produced by Danny Mendoza. Our show art is by Hirvashi Lele and our theme music is by Jacob Minky. Be sure to follow us at Cartoon Book Club on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.